<laughs> Gosh, John, I forget how good you are at karate. That's incredible. I know, man. I mean, it's all about the right belt. It is. Timing you know? or your leather belt. Exactly. I, I feel like maybe, is that not, that's what you meant. Not really, okay. but speaking of, oh, Dave, wow, I'm yeah, just yeah. going to try to transition to okay. save you. <laughs> Finally, Dave, Yeah. warm spring days are arriving. Oh, Am I gosh. right? Isn't it great? You know what? I need a new pair of shades that I don't have to baby. Do you know what I'm saying, John? I don't want to take care of them. Let me put them on, take them off, and not have to worry Look, about it. Hey, Dave, I know exactly Sorry. Sorry, what I didn't you mean. Sorry, I didn't mean to rant. Knock around is the solution. They've been making high-quality shades that don't break the bank okay. since 2005. Oh, wow. And they've actually been my personal go-tos for years. Oh, yeah. I love Knockaround, John. They have over 20 different frame styles, so there's something for everyone, including tons of kids' pairs. That's right. So whether you're looking to rep your favorite sports teams, mm-hmm. you know, like you're a sports guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> spend some relaxation time in the yard, yep. or cruise down Broadway with the windows down oh. like Dave does uh-huh. all the time. All the time. Every Tuesday and Thursday mm-hmm. and Saturday. Mm-hmm. Knock around. That's what you need. Yeah, yeah. All of their lenses have UV 400 protection, which is basically like sunscreen for your eyes, which, by the way, I've tried that, and it hurts. <laughs> Use the sunglasses, everybody. With polarized adult pairs starting at 28 bucks. you can get a few pairs to leave in your car, toss in your beach bag, or lend to a friend in need. Dave, that is such a good price I that I might buy a pair just to intentionally lose them. I don't love that logic, John, but I know, you do but have a history of misplacement. It's not around Don't fight me because like of the karate stuff. But it could so. be perfect for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, Dadville fans, don't squint through family beach days yeah. or trips to the park. Check out knockaround.com and use the promo code DADVILLE15 for 15% off your order. That's DADVILLE15 for 15% off your order at knockaround.com. Yeah. Hi, I'm Dave Barnes. And I'm John McLaughlin. And welcome to Dadville. Dadville is a podcast where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of awesome dadding. It's funny thoughts and deep talks. So please, enjoy your time here in Dadville and enjoy this episode with... Sissy Sissy Golf, which um, a power broker of wisdom and knowledge, oh. um, <laughs> a sun, a sunshine of joy, a sunbeam of joy. So you know, before I, I read the brag sheet, Sissy, I have to tell you, you are in some pretty rarefied air right now. Yeah, you are. Are because, you aware of this? Yeah, no. you may not know this. You are the third woman that's been on this podcast. Only the third. That's right. Wow, and the guys. first non-related or betrothed. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm so honored. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we, we um, John and I are really wanting to do this more where we have, you know, we've definitely sort of spelunked uh, and, and we'll continue We're done with to. men. <laughs> We're done, <laughs> We're done with, with men. Us and Beyonce. Enough with the men. We're just totally done with men. Um, but um, yeah, we, we were, as we kind of talked more about like, it'd be fun to start having more women on. I'm literally the first person. SG. Yeah. Y'all yeah. are so kind. Well, and here you are. Here I am. And you're like, guys, I'm going to blow your minds because I have so much to say. <laughs> uh, all right. L- th- I'm going to read your brag sheet. So this is where you get to be humbled. So just um, absorb the love. Okay. <laughs> Can that be our tagline? Absorb the love. Absorb the love. Right, I like it. We need to workshop that. Right, we'll work it out. <laughs> John was <laughs> no, no, no. like, I'm out. Give, our, give our me best. a minute on that. <laughs> <laughs> give me a minute or a year or two. Uh, okay. Sissy Goff is Director of Child and Adolescent Counseling 
at Daystar Counseling Ministries in Nashville, Tennessee. In addition to counseling, she supervises the girls' staff, directs the counseling program, leads two groups, probably more by now, I bet, right? Less, I'm getting older. Yes, I love that. Back. Back. Boundaries, guys, boundaries. Good for you. Develop, <laughs> develops leadership for kids, d- meets with initial assessments, and orchestrates Hope Town summer sessions. She has authored slash co-authored nine books, including Jeez. Raising Girls, Intentional Parenting. How many more is that than we've got? <sighs> I need to run the numbers. It, it, at least nine. <laughs> that That's a great joke. That just bumps that spike right there. Raising Girls, Intentional Parenting, and Taming the Technology Monster. Sissy is also sought after speaker for parenting events across the country and a podcast co-host. I've been on that podcast. Her most recent book is Brave, A Teen Girl's Guide to Beating Worry and Anxiety, which was released last year. You have another book this year. Not coming out till next August. Next. What, what is that one? It's called The Worry-Free Parent. Oh, gosh. Ready to go to the Why source. Why do you stare at me so hard when you said that? <laughs> Did you, she didn't even we'll blink. We'll get you a copy, Dave. <laughs> She's like, there's a guy named Dan in there. Let's just say he's loosely based on someone in this room. You can learn more about Sissy and follow her work at her blog, RaisingBoysAndGirls.com. We are so excited to have you. I want to give a caveat, though, okay? Okay. This may feel like a lot of questions all at once. And you may think, I didn't sign up for this, guys. What happened to a conversation? But John and I feel very strong that we don't have anything to add to the conversation. No, no y'all, whatever. We just, we we just have a lot of questions. <laughs> Which I'm assuming you are fine with that because I'm assuming this is the water you swim in. Yeah. You're constantly meeting with people who are frantically just asking you questions. That's, that's a weird yeah, – I actually haven't thought about that. It's an interesting thing to start on maybe. It's just like what is it like to do something where I, I, am, I, I, I know a few things about myself for sure. I am not equipped to handle that energy. Like mm. I, I absorb, yeah. I'm, I'm too much of an empath. Like I would absorb, I'm like, if right, something right, right. Is, is nervous, I'm nervous. If someone's mm. having a great time, I'm yeah. having a great time. I hadn't thought about that either. Like you would have to be the opposite. Whatever, whatever is happening inside, you would have to be like, all right, I need, I need to kind of like be the cool is that, steady yes. of yeah. this room right yeah. now. So is that a discipline yes. or do, are you kind of naturally predisposed to do that well? Probably both. I mean, I think I'm a little that way anyway. The more things get stirred up around me, probably the lower key I get. That's amazing. Yeah. But I'm not very low key internally. Um, but I can do that. Yeah. And then I think over time you develop more of the ability and you just have the longevity to know it's really going to be okay. That's right. That's right, a great right, word. Right. So think, would you say yeah. that you, your life outside of work, has it become more like that the more that you have worked or has it become like more of an opposite sort of balance do you know what i mean like like outside of work are you like i don't regulate my mood i'm just like all over the place and that's that's where i kind of like that's my outlet to get my emotions out then when i come to work i can be like slow and steady probably more regulated across the board i Uh definitely have gotten quieter and liked alone time more the longer i've done this work with people yes because it does it just taps you out in a different way yeah what is your outlet i love to read Mm. i love to play with my dog um I was expecting like you to, to watch like, fun I, shows. I do like kickboxing. Oh, I, no. I was literally right. No, I She's love like, to hang out with this friends. Black eye. MMA no. has really become <laughs> yeah. important to me. No. Krav, Krav Maga no. is a big part of my life. Not yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, the, it's like some. you need you need to. T- it's it's all yes, about like down. yeah down yeah yes. like let's everything needs to just kind of get, yeah. get go 
go down. Yes. Go down. Less drama. Working yes. particularly with adolescent yes. girls, I got enough drama in my life. That so. is insane. Yes. So that, that, but you know, it's really beautiful to hear you say that. And I find that with my friends who are in the counseling world, that is such a consistent thing. Like that part of understanding that one, God has got it. Mm. Right? Like God's mm-hmm. got it. Whatever yes. it is, God's got it. God's in control. But two, it really, like, I think I would struggle with this. Maybe this would be a savior complex, especially initially in this job. But like, I got to fix, like, these people are coming to me and I got to, I got to give them the goods here. Like, you know, but I guess over time. That's how I would go. Yeah. Yeah. Like with your disposition, you're like, so I'm I'm here to help, but you know, there's only so much you can do. Yes. Um, And when I was in grad school at Vanderbilt, the, one of our professors said, a third of the time you will help people, a third of the time you will do nothing for people, and a third of the time you will make things worse. This which, is starting to feel like my marriage, which is really interesting, <laughs> how that you can just basically take that and exactly put it on top of it. Uh, <laughs> Annie right now is sitting inside going, something true was said somewhere. Like the force is happening. So, so one of the things that I wanted to ask, kind of just to, to kick off this, you're going to be amazed by these questions, by the way, because they are, so and I put exciting. them in English too, oh, just good. for you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so one of the things I noticed as I was looking through your books, um, and I love these kind of consistencies, especially in authors, because I think it's, it's a little bit of like a, you get to see a little bit of the hand, you know, but bravery is such a theme, mm. you know, and I mean, why do you think that is? And two, what is, what does it look like for girls and women to be brave? Like why, why is that something that you've, you've, you know, spent some time around? You know, I, I have been counseling kids and families now for 30 years. Which oh my is God. Crazy. Which is a 27 year old. I know. Amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Start started negative. Yes. It's really yes. remarkable. Thanks y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys. I, uh-huh. I needed that today. Thank I didn't need that today. Um, But, you know, there are so many trends we could talk about with kids and with parents. And one of the biggest has been anxiety in the last, probably now I would say seven or eight years. And girls are leading the statistics on anxiety. And so it felt like, well, the backstory is David and Melissa, who's our Mm -hmm. executive director, and I wrote a book called Are My Kids on Track? And Mm -hmm. there was a little paragraph I wrote about that, that girls were leading the statistics on anxiety and how the numbers were jumping. And our editor came and said, will you write a book for elementary school age girls about anxiety? Because that's the average age of onset is somewhere between six and eight. Mm. And, And so I, being a therapist, said, yes, but only if I can write one for parents, too. Mm. because I just feel like it's not just a problem with kids. It's yeah. a problem with the whole home. Look, and at, s- look at John when you say that. Too. <laughs> Sorry, <go ahead. laughs> so anyway, yeah, I just felt like girls need help and they need help navigating the complexity of life and where we are in this world and how their parents are sometimes responding to this world and the lack of confidence and competence mm-hmm. I think girls feel today and so wanting them to be really equipped and in the last seven eight years you said you've noticed that really the trend coming up is that do you attribute that to technology social media all that kind of stuff a huge portion of it yes but but with the average age being between six and eight you know Mm. they don't really have their hands on it much i mean i think technology is one of the biggest pieces i i think girls feel more pressure at an earlier age than ever before to exceed academically to exceed athletically in every aspect of life and I think parents are putting more pressure really unintentionally please hear me say this really graciously but I think parents are putting more pressure on girls than ever before too 
And I think parents are more anxious than they've ever been. And so they're swinging two different ways. They're putting more pressure and they're stepping in and rescuing where then the girls don't feel capable themselves. Yeah. Didn't mean to look back at you. So (laughs) you look at Dave as much as you think Dave needs you to look at him. I'm sorry. Can we just go Dan? Sorry, Dan. Dan, Yeah. Um, And why do you, why do you think that is? Do you think it's, I mean, this is going global here, but do you think, I mean, I only have girls, so I have two daughters, so I don't have a son to sort of compare how I'm, my approach Mm -hmm. to, you know what I mean? But, but as a, dad of two daughters I definitely am very aware and like focused on like I want these girls to be raised um how do I say this like I don't want them to have any undue uh limits on them because Mm. they're girls yes I don't want them to feel like well girls don't do x Mm -hmm. boys can do that but girls if i do that that's weird especially if it's like i can tell no that's something you do want to do you want to do x so like you know so is is would you say that girls are are getting the brunt of this sort of like misguided attention because of that sort of happening are we responding to like a the modern day you know women's liberation kind of thing am i am i Getting close. Well, I did have a girl say to me one time, just because girls are capable of doing everything now doesn't mean we can. Right. Wow. And and that it felt Jeez. like too much pressure, which I thought was really interesting. Isn't that an interesting counterpoint? Yes. Yes. What a what a very enunciated thing to mm-hmm. say. Wow. That it felt like more pressure. Um, but I, I think you know, interestingly enough, girls are dealing with anxiety more, but they're taken in for help less. Because I think one of the things that happens is anxious girls really fly below the radar because they are, I wrote a book for girls called Braver, Stronger, Smarter, because I was wanting to outline for these kids that every girl I've ever met, and I think boys too, but every girl I've ever met, particularly who is anxious, is kind and conscientious Mm. and they care so much and they try so hard. They're the coolest kinds of kids. And they are the ones the teachers in parent-teacher conferences say, I wish every girl or every child in my class was just like your daughter. And rather than sometimes realizing it's fueled by anxiety, we think, oh, she's just a leader and she's a model child in the class, which it's both, but what's underneath it's what's really important to look mm, at. Yeah. That, there was a, th- uh-huh. th- that was one of the most um, helpful things that David's helped Annie and I with is we were talking to him David about Thomas, that. mayor of Dadville. That's, that's yes, right. I love, I'm, I'm excited to figure out where I get to fit in in well, the political hierarchy. Well, let's just an election coming up. Oh, so. okay. Let's okay. just say the more you look this way, the less votes you're okay. getting from this <laughs> part of the room. Um, no, I, 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 that David was so helpful with is he was walking us through just how anxiety is actually a marker for all these really great things, too. Yes. Like right. kids that tend to trend a little more empathetic or yes. just know, like they're taking the world in a little wider than a kid like me who had mm. zero anxiety about something. I was just <laughs> So like, but you know, life is good and easy, and it was like two colors, you know, like yeah, yeah, you know, you you you, and that was such a helpful thing to me because I was like, oh, that would make sense because they're taking in information, maybe even more information mm-hmm. differently, and so mm-hmm. there's more things to sort of inform how they feel about the world, which is yes. like, oh, it can be tricky or hard, or yes. things can go wrong or whatever, and it really changed, like, oh wow, like how how I thought about to your mm-hmm. point, like. It's not just a marker for like, oh, God, he's got all this stuff in him or mm-hmm. she's got all. But like, oh, this is 
could could be really great too. Mm-hmm. Like, and it changes how you think about that kid and knowing, wow, they're taking, you know, compared to a sibling who's just not that way. Like, right. it's not that they have like the little nervous bug in them. It's like, it's a really cool part of that too. Yes. You know? Which I think is so important, particularly I mean, to talk about with boys and girls, but, but girls, I read a study years ago that talked about when something goes wrong in a boy's world, he blames someone else. And when something goes wrong in a girl's world, she blames herself. Jeez mm. Louise. And so she is all of those things, taking in the world with a wider lens and, and all the things she's perceiving, she's skewing against herself. And so to help her understand this is not because there's mm. something wrong with you, but it's actually a beautiful part of who God made you. I think just that is half the work we do as yeah. therapists. Yeah. yeah. Girls. Yeah. And, and as parents, I would yes, hope too. And as we're parents. kind of speaking into that space. Yes. What, I mean, when you think of being, you know, you have two dads in here who, who both of us have girls kind of going from that, you know, trampolining into this thought too, cause it's kind of a direct thought. What, what do you think, like, what's the charge you would give dads of daughters? Like what's, I'm sure there's probably, you're like, read the books, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm going to leave now. But you know what I mean? Like what, what would be a couple of sort of the big highlights of what you feel when you think about, it? cause I'm thinking, as you said, like watching Xana, my daughter, in those moments where I can tell she's getting worked up speaking, mm-hmm. like, hey, like, you got this, and it's mm-hmm. okay, or tell me what, you know, mm-hmm. what, what are those things that you feel like we could be watching as dads, especially? To answer that, and to go back to your question of what's happening, wh- I mean, one of the things that I think happens in family units that's probably always happened is that moms are harder on girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think don't mean to be, mm-hmm. but it's it's that same moms are still skewing things against themselves. And girls, typically the oldest, feel like an extension of themselves. And so they can end up not meaning to, but being more critical. And I think hmm. as dads, you have such an important role in that process. Not to, I've had so many kids over the years who've come in and said things like, well, my mom's really strict and my dad and I think... Which wow. that already ooh, makes me think, yeah. ooh, you're investing in some therapy for them there's later some, on. Yeah, there like, there's, you're like, my job is secure. <laughs> right. right. That, that is old school Freud triangulation, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, too right, much power yeah. for that kid. But to be able to pull your wife aside and say, hey, I think really there's something going on here that I don't even think you're intending to do. And I don't mm. think you're aware of it. And let's talk about how we can both come together and help her feel like we're both on our team. You know, so or- does that sort of uh, format work on the opposite? Like are, are dads typically harder on the boys? Yes. And it's okay. So it yes. falls the same just yes. along the gender lines. Exactly. Typically. Yes. That is fascinating. Or it's the child who's most like you. And that may be an opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, right, you know. right, right. Yeah. So, but but then separately, I, I read a book. I don't know if y'all have ever read anything by Kelly Corrigan. She's mm-hmm. awesome. But she has this book called The Middle Place, and she describes we her were just talking dad. about that. Yeah. Y'all were that book? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Maybe you were talking about what I'm about to say. Yep. She has this phenomenal relationship she had with her dad. He's now passed away. But she says, and I'm not going to get the quote exactly right, but she says something like, she's describing him, and she says something like, he made me feel smart, funny, and beautiful mm. or something like that, which has become the job of the few men who have loved me since. Mm-hmm. Jeez. You know, and I think I have at times with dads challenged them to say, 
if your daughter were going to say that sentence, mm. my dad made me feel blank, blank, and blank. Jeez Louise. Thinking that's going to be the job of the men who love her after you. Uh-huh. How would she fill in those blanks? Yeah. Good night. Can we just I need to take a nap? All okay, day. so here's my question <laughs> with that, though. Because I think, you know, no. words matter. Right. And, and subtle changes of phrasing matters. Yes. Right? And I don't want to get too inside it and too, you know, analytical and all that and robotic about it. But, you know, there's, there's uh, how would they say, like, I've heard that you're supposed to say, like, you, I'm so proud of you for working really hard on your homework. Right. As opposed to, you're my smart kid. You're so smart. Right. Right. And it's more about effort than right. outcome or something that becomes pressure. Right. right. And I don't want to... You know, I'm I'm not saying like I I tell my daughters that I think they're beautiful all the time, and I always and I say like and you're and you're brave and you're all the things, and that's all good, right? Like my fear is that I would put something on them that then is is a like burden that they have to carry that they're in some situation where they're like, well, I have to go this way because I'm daddy's little. Mm. Yeah, that, that or, is, or that is incongruent to who they think they yeah, are. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So while mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you're brave, they may go, well, I'm brave, but I actually enjoy being more empathetic than I do being, or you know what I mean? Something mm-hmm. that would, yeah. you know, that, that was, it's so funny you bring, and, and John is bringing that up because that was something that Annie and I were talking about before this because I was like, do you have anything you want to ask Sissy? And she like was like, give me a second, opened a note <laughs> on her phone. It's the same like, oh, with gosh. Amy. I mean, I mean, but one of the things that tons. Annie brought up was the book. Because mm-hmm. she read it uh, and really enjoyed it. But she's like, you know, the thing that is so tricky about that paradigm is exactly what John said. And she said, she's like, mm-hmm. I would love for you to ask Sissy, like, how do you navigate that weird space of trying to name your kids in these wonderful ways, mm-hmm. but also knowing you can you can get that wrong because you sort of go, that's my little, and it's a wonderful thing to attribute to it. Like, is my little fighter gosh mm-hmm. you were so yeah but then yeah. you know I, i've seen this in my life with with people that 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 can really really bite you in the rear later in life mm-hmm. when the kid's like oh that was my first disconnect with you as a parent because mm-hmm. i was like oh you're not paying attention because that's not who i am or that's not who i want to be or it's incongruent to get how i'm feeling which is you know and, and then they kind of stay on that line and then the kid gets you know just feels unknown and it turns into this little you know tricky situation because you can sort of like name them or try to but and it comes from a great place and then 10 years down the road they have this like prodigal situation yeah. where they're like i never was that and then they you know right and then you never see them again <laughs> yeah and so anyway <laughs> you know i mean i i love that y'all both are asking that question and i think where i see that impacting kids in my counseling office is when kids feel like their parents are putting pressure on them to be perfect at all the things Mm. that it's hitting on every cylinder of you're going to be a hundred percent of all the things all the time. And kids feel like I can't do that. Yeah. I don't think parents who are in tune. Mm. Yeah. That's a good word. Are connected to their kids are going to be saying you are the funniest (laughs) kid in your class to a super (laughs) introverted child. Who's never cracked a joke in their life. And I I think honestly, I feel like that's, I'm going to say the opposite of what probably y'all would expect, but I think that's 
part of the problem of our culture is mm-hmm. I think we know too much. And so parents get so anxious of, I'm going to say the thing that's going to put them in counseling when they're 30. Yeah. And right. I think if you are cheering your kids on yeah, and you're right. believing in them and you're calling that's out good, good things, right. they're going to feel like my dad believed in me and he missed a few things along the way, but yeah. he believed in me. Yeah. And that's yeah. what. And probably like when I hear you say the thing about counseling, uh, I'm really trying to just be like, let's move past that. Am I going to say the thing that's going to put them in counseling? And, and yes. Yes. So like already we're done with that. Yes. Yeah, that's I, ha- I that happened years have. ago. <laughs> oh, yes. go, go ahead. I well, I, I, well, I was going to say I th- I, that's so true. And that's a good thing for me to hear. I think the, the, the places that I've seen that do damage is when the parent's not paying attention. And right. it's easier for them to attribute something in a moment they saw. And then they can kind of go, okay, I, I can get back to what I was doing now because I know you know, that's, she's my little trooper and he's my empathetic artist. And then now I, I don't have to, it's just like, I can get back to whatever my work or whatever I'm thinking about because I gotcha, I got you, I got you. Right. And then the kid just later is so hurt because they're like, yeah, for that year of my life, I was, I was really Mm -hmm. into art, but dad, like, I have a huge passion for this. And it's like, well, no, you're my little artist. It's like, I'm not your little artist. I'm an MMA <laughs> I fighter. I want a calculator. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so I think that that's, that's that. So I wanted to just backtrack for a second because this really hit me hard. I, it is, to your point about triangulation, mm-hmm. it is so hard as a dad with a daughter. Holy cow, this is hard. Like if Annie and Xana kind of get into a little scrap, mm-hmm. it is the hardest thing in the world for me not to go to Xana daddy's got and yeah and then you know and, and she's old enough now i can see the right. werewolf happen oh where they she's do it like, ha- they do it so early I on have you <laughs> and i'm like you do have me and she's just staring at annie and i'm yes. like wait what's happening right now all of a sudden i'm i'm in, I'm in a situation so it's it's written annie will say like there's times she's like you're not helping and i'll realize like oh gosh yeah. like it comes from They're a really so good intuitive. place yes well and you know what's also tricky about that is that for me so often, they, Amy gets everything. Yeah. So, like in those moments where I'm like, "Well, I could have," she wants to hug me right now. Yeah. I'm gonna take this. Give hug. me a. Daddy would never say that. To <laughs> Whatever yeah. mommy said, you can't have. You can. Yes. Wait till mommy's asleep. <laughs> Let's get on Amazon right now. <laughs> it's so hard. It's it like is. it appeals to the yeah. one of the most natural sort of father instincts, which is a daughter sure. is coming to you for Protect. safety. And right. you're like, I will hold you for it. Right. Right. But then you sort of see her. Like, and then as I'm doing that, I see her just looking at Annie and I'm like, oh, there, there's a game afoot here yes. that I'm yes. not participating I'm just in. a pawn. And I'm just a pawn. <laughs> and so it's, it's, that's, a good, that's a really good reminder to me of like in those moments to be careful yeah. that I'm not. But it's, so, it's, it's too much power it's for too her, much which yes. creates insecurity yes. in the long run. Yes. Well, and talk about that. Like, tell, me, tell me about that. That's fascinating. Well, I, I, and I want to come back to what I think you can do, though. I don't think it's all yeah, only yeah, what yeah. you don't need yeah. to do. But, I mean, I think that makes her feel like the third adult in your marriage, wow. which is not a healthy place. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. she's going to become really demanding, but also insecure. And every girl somewhere around sixth to seventh grade is going to hit a hard spot with her mom. Just the individuating. I mean, yeah, she's yeah. going to push off yeah. her mom the hardest. And so if they don't have a solid relationship going into it, it's going to... I mean, I just think that has long-term consequences yeah. that we don't want yeah. for her. And so it's just so important to give her, I mean, I think you can still listen and hug her and say, I hate that you feel that way, 
your mom loves you so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Send, and send her a little bottom right back, start to her <laughs> Not mom. well, and you not know. what is so tempting to do, which is to go, but daddy, daddy I, you. I just put a lollipop in your pocket. Daddy, you <laughs> just know. ask daddy next time. It's, it, that is, it is so yes. hard not to do that. Yes. It's so, it's like, yeah, but I think that's a good word. And, and to keep, you know, that that is a thing. If there is a guise that is so hard to not, if there's like a, uh, a, a thought pattern or ideology you don't want to subscribe to as a parent that is so hard to fight against. It is prioritizing your freaking kids yeah. over your marriage. Like, yes. cause it's so right. subtle. It yes. is the smallest wavelength in a hundred other things you're feeling, but to go like, but we got to make sure they're okay. And it's all, right. you know, thank God for a wife. And I know you and Amy are the same way. Like that, that, that realizes that, that mm-hmm. we can realize like, man, we're not, we need to get some us mm-hmm. time or like mm-hmm. they don't need we to win, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because it's just such a natural instinct to protect and help. And when she comes to you to go, you are the best and I got yes. you because, yeah. you know, it, it, it takes a lot of discipline in that space to what you said, realize this could, man, we could pay for this in some really bad ways. Absolutely. Later. And she's going to be aware of it and work it way more than he is. Oh, yeah. Way oh, more. yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. let's talk about middle school. Okay. You just kind of Can I say something else I love about yeah. dads that I missed though? You said to say a couple of things. I want I don't want to I don't want to miss the impact I think y'all have in that you have this ability to delight in girls, which I think is one of the mm. most crucial needs for girls. You have an ability to delight in girls in a way that women don't. In that you can speak into who they are without the intensity. As women, we just have so much intensity. Mm. And y'all do it in this really playful way Mm. that I think she hears and you help her keep moving. You don't get bogged down in all the insecurity she feels sometimes. You can hear her and then keep her on that journey Mm. that she's on. Mm -hmm. I I just think in a really remarkable way because you Mm. don't. You don't take everything as seriously as we do hmm. as women. And I think wow. that ability to play and keep her moving is so important yeah, in yeah. what you all do. <laughs> Man. Dave, Please, yeah. I want to give a shout out. Yeah. And when I give a shout out, I always I laugh because it just brings me so much joy you to give a shout, shout out to Claritin. Yes. yes. For supporting this episode and providing us with free oh, samples. You know it, John. This time of year, my allergies are in fuego. They're mm-hmm. always on the attack, but I use this and you should too. Oh, I do, Dave. Every day in our house. Yeah. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, which is, this is me raising my hand, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill to relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, and itchy nose and throat and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. John, I've been taking Claritin D for my allergies for a long time, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can go for a run without my eyes watering. I may be crying, but it's not sure, from allergies. Totally different. And I can sing without feeling like I have a fr- like a big old, let's not even call it a frog. It's a, it's like a toad. It's like a family of toads. It's a family. It's a turtle. Yeah. In my so you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? Yeah, me. I it's am. time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. 
Johnny, 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 Dave. Yeah. Sorry. I kind of was committed to that melody. You know, I was just thinking about some of the best meals I've made at home. What are some of your favorites? Look, I'm always down for a good steak or a burger on the grill. Mm. You know, medium, of course. Yeah, of course. I get yeah. that. What are we, 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 we savages out here? Yeah. <laughs> Just Come with pick forks and spears in the street trying to claim our little <laughs> slice of the world? I don't think so. Uh-uh. Not anymore. No way. I was in my junior high years. I will be honest well, about that. But a, that, listen, that was a weird time that's, for all of us. <laughs> wasn't it? That's why I swear by ButcherBox, an incredible yep. way to get high-quality meat and seafood. You are so right, Dave. It's easy. Also, it's affordable, and it tastes great. They have one. 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken. And these chickens are free. They're Let just go. ranging. They're, they're crazy out yeah. there. They got pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Jeez Louise. Can I tell you about a recent meal that I uh, whipped up tell with me some meat it. in there? Tacos. Am I scared of making tacos with ground beef, John? No. I'm not. If that's no. a crime, used take to be... me downtown. <laughs> okay? I don't even care anymore. <laughs> I don't care. And it was excellent. Okay, can I tell you about one of my recent meals? Please. Okay. And now, cooking steak for when you have company over? Yeah, that's it's high pressure. It's high pressure. High pressure. You know? Yep. But with butcher box, I feel like that pressure is just oh, lowered. Look at that. It's just lowered cuz I'm like, you know what? Mm. It doesn't even matter what I do to these things. They're gonna taste great. Yeah. yeah. You and, know? and you've got a gift. Don't sell yourself short, okay? Thank you. Okay. I love the recipe, inspiration, guides, tips, and hacks. Some are even personalized. You heard mm. me there. So you can cook up mouth-watering meals. Look, take chicken breasts off your grocery Don't list, people. ButcherBox is offering our listeners an incredible deal that they have never <gasps> offered before. No, don't Free say it. Don't chicken say it. for what? What do you think? Um... Three days, four, eh, five days. That would be generous. But yeah. No, a year, Dave. Gosh. And guys, remember, these are free chickens. Okay, they're free chickens that are free chicken. <laughs> Look at that, guys. <laughs> that is that. You're, you're sure that's not a typo? You've checked with no, all the official. No, and if is my that math is correct, that's twelve months, Dave. Good free night. chicken. All you need to do to get two free pounds of free range oh. organic chicken breasts for free, free in every order is sign up at butcherbox.com slash dadville and use the code dadville. Claim this deal at butcherbox.com slash dadville and use the code dadville. It is it, one of one of my Sorry, favorite things. No, 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 you're fine. One of my favorite things about my relationship with Xana, and I, and I think, I, I don't think I uh, knew this uh, at a head level, but like instinctively when mm-hmm. she was really young, because mm-hmm. she's got a lot of my personality, which is really fun. Uh, no. <laughs> also, let's just take a minute and talk about me for a second. One of the things that is tricky about being me. No, but but so I, I can, re, I, like I get her a lot mm. of times. I'm like, I know what you're doing. And, and it was so interesting really early on with her because she's big emotions, big emotions, is that I learned this hack with her, just with me. Mm. I could get her to laugh at any time. And I knew, because I it's just calling BS, because I knew when she was really hurt and mad, and, I mean, when she was really young, but I knew, like, I can get, if I can get you to laugh right now, this is all, this is a smoke right. screen. And, yeah, and yeah. you know, so many times I knew a little, t- couple tricks, <laughs> and then she's laughing from a burning the house down, Carrie Stephen King crying, yes. to, like, laughing and she can't stop. Yes. And it was something, to your point, that's really interesting about being a dad, is a levity that was like, yeah. oh, I do have this, and I can still do it with her, like, because I know when it's she's, and I'm like, uh, here's push here, and then she's like, ah, and I'm like, okay, we're we're back. <laughs> we're good. And it, yeah. it became a thing with Annie. She's like, how do you 
like what is it? And I think it's just being a dad. Yes. You sort of have this back door mm-hmm. that you can kind of go, okay, this is enough of all this. Yes. You Which know. probably comes from like kind of a, a shared understanding that we're a little more ignorant. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and I mean that like half joking, but half like I'm just not as aware of all the like intricacies developmentally that Amy I mean Amy is like I remember I was nine years old and this is you know and I'm like kind of like what you were saying in the beginning like well I remember when I was nine and I was just playing oh my basketball gosh. I was yeah. just doing my thing you know yeah. double dragon on Nintendo how do we beat this level Street Fighter <laughs> yeah okay so, okay, so middle, middle, school. middle school okay okay so we a couple of years ago uh, we have a friend Mike Donahue okay. we all know yeah. um, he he was telling me we were on tour and he was telling me about some friends that they have who have a couple girls, three girls, maybe four girls. And they took them, each of them out during the middle school years and homeschooled them during those years. And then they would go like in high school, they would go back in. Uh, And their reasoning was because those years they felt this family felt like are so crucial developmentally that they were like, we just want to bring that in house and kind of walk them through it and then and it and it worked out for them. So ever since then, you know, our girls our oldest Luca next year is going to go into middle school, which is insane. 5th grade. So it's not middle school for me was was 7th and 8th yeah, grade. Me but, too. Mm-hmm. but so I'm I am terrified of middle school because and this is of course me putting go. myself we into 7th yeah. grade was the worst. I mean middle school's the worst. Middle we school's all, the worst. It's the worst. I know. I read recently that Anne Lamott, do y'all ever read oh, her? I love she's called middle school the descent into hell. Yes. <laughs> Fossil's great talks about. Yes. Like, yes. You just got to go through yeah. it, I guess. Yeah. So uh, what is what are some things that you could say around specifically around that stage in development? Uh, what's some advice that you have for parents to best sort of walk kids through that, daughters specifically? Well, I think having a lot of conversations about what's to come to normalize it for them, because I think, again, girls' default is something's wrong with me. Yeah. Wow. And so helping her understand everybody goes through this. One of the things I read when we were writing Forever Ago, Raising Girls, that I had never read. I mean, I knew the hormone shift impacts her emotionally significantly and all those those different things that we all have known. But I read about how her brain development shifts a lot in middle school, which I didn't know that, that when she was in elementary school, I mean, when she was a toddler, her brain was growing super fast, learning to walk and talk and all those things. And then it has this dark period Uh where it's still growing, but not to the same rate in elementary school. Then somewhere around 10, 11, 12, her brain growth starts moving so fast again. It's a little bit like turning on the lights in an old house where the, 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 you know, laundry, I cannot think of words, the washing machine goes out or, you know, the electricity Mm, short circuits mm, basically. And so her brain short circuits in these years because it's growing so fast. And when it does, the two things that impacts the most are her memory and her confidence. Wow. And so we call them sometimes with kids hiccups and confidence because I mean, literally you would go and pick up your daughter from school. I mean, I hear this story all the time and she would walk out of the building Hug six friends on the way out of the building. Get into the car. You pull out of the drive, and she starts crying and says, I have no friends. And you're like, wait, (laughs) did you just see what I, you know. But that's such a normal, it comes out of nowhere, and she just feels terrible about herself. And so instead of just 
talking about the changes that are going to take place in her body to talk about that that's going to happen too. Mm. So that when she hits it, she doesn't think what's wrong with me Mm -hmm. because she will. And, and I think that's an important conversation to have and to be aware of, because I think again, I had a mom who one time said to me, middle school, I feel like I'm watching my daughter get on the roller coaster every day and just go up and down. And she said, I've realized I'm strapping myself in behind yeah, her. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah. And I think when we can separate that out and say, yeah, this is like a middle school moment and you're going to feel this way. And not to demean it because we, we certainly want to say it hurts like crazy or mm-hmm. of course you feel that way and you're going to be okay. You mm-hmm. know that it's both things that mm-hmm. we can be in both those places. Okay, but I a have, lot of I have understanding. two other questions. Okay, great. One, to stick with middle school, you know, again, seventh grade was terrible for me. And a lot of it was me very stereotypically coming home from school, going straight up to my room, mm-hmm. and I'm just in my room. Yeah. Like, that was kind of the only time, I don't know what my parents would say, but for me, my memory, that's kind of the only time that I, that I was like that. I have a great relationship with my parents. They're the best. But during that time, I was, I was closed off, mm-hmm. you know, for whatever reason. And, um, and so I wonder like when our girls are starting to pull away like that, like, is there, are there any sort of, you know, universal sort of, uh, practices to sort of guide us through that in terms of like, how much do we push? How much do we go up and knock on the door and they say, go away. And do we, do we knock again? Like, what's the rule there? They do need time. Uh I read a study one time, and I don't remember any of the specifics of it, but it was basically about how all these great thinkers of our time, one of the things they have in common is that they had time and space to themselves. Wow. Yeah. And so I think she definitely needs an hour at least a day that she just gets to be in her room and process because there's so much happening internally during the school day that girls want to please so much that she's thinking externally and not able to process the internal. And so she needs that time to do that. But then I would say definitely everybody needs to have dinner together. She needs to emerge to go for some kind of family walk. It could be that y'all need to walk the dog every day or something like that, but she needs to come back out. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Like emerge. Emerge from her room. Yes. (laughs) From the adolescent cave. (laughs) Yes. So that's not a specific practice other than to say it's not helpful for her just to go and stay in there. And I think especially in this season of depression, rates with kids, I mean, all the things going on like that, I think they need to come out. But my favorite practical thing with parents in those years, because I think adolescence pushes parents' buttons more than any other window because you feel so rejected by them constantly. And my favorite word for parents of teenage girls, but I think probably boys too, is breezy. That Mm. if they feel like they have the power to wreck your day when they act like they don't really want to be around you, again, that's too much power and too much power creates insecurity. So I think when you can respond with... okay. Okay, say, that was say that rough. One more time. You know, yeah, the to that too much power. to feel like they can wreck your day yeah. because they say whatever to you or roll their eyes is too much power, and too much power creates insecurity. Jeez, yes. Louise. And so to say, well, that was yeah. a zinger, and keep moving, and then go in your room and cry if you have to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> John, and John and I are both like, okay, okay. Well, then now Sorry, we have y'all. a new. There's another. That is great. I mean, that honestly, like the balance of all that, that that's some good practical advice that I will be putting into place soon. But yeah, I do need to remember because I get rejected all the time. I mean, you know, 
by my daughters all the time. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes I do think, and this sort of gets into my next question. Dave, you got to cut me off at yeah, some you're point. You're doing great. Because I'm thinking, I am hurt right now. Mm-hmm. Like you right. are being so mean to me yes. right now. And I think I, there's part of me, I want to let her know that sh- how hurt I am. A, because I'm, because I'm hurt. Right. And I want to pout. And B, I'm like, well, do I need to, she needs to know like, well, when you do this, you're going to hurt somebody, right? you know, but I do need to keep in mind, well, I'm not like, I'm not her friend right now. I'm her parent and she needs, if she feels like she has that much power, that will breed insecurity. Yes. That's so good. And there's something I think with girls where they need to feel like their parents are stronger emotionally than yes. they are. Yeah. And when she yeah, feels like she can word. hurt you a lot, I think she feels stronger, which then ends up making her resent you in a way that I don't think you would ever. Yes, that's it's a great way to put it. Funny yeah. thing that happens for girls isn't with their that parents. So, I mean, that is so fascinating, mm-hmm. isn't it? Because mm-hmm. you just, some part of you doesn't believe that sort of down, you know, you're kind yeah. of right. Well, they need to well, know. It's like, a little right. And they do know, need yeah, to know yeah, yeah, some. Yeah, yeah. That's where I think you can say, ow, or wow, right. that was a zinger. Or, okay, that hurt. We're going to step away from this conversation. But any of those comments, you're, you still seem stronger. Yeah. yeah and yeah. again, I'm saying that. And that doesn't mean you don't go cry to Amy or, you know, go right. just let, go in your room and scream for five minutes. I mean, yeah. any of those things. But yeah. I think in the moment... It just doesn't help them. Yeah. The, 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 the thing that is so, and it's a little countercultural right now. It's, it's actually hugely countercultural. And you're, it's like, yeah, welcome to my counseling practice. <laughs> but, but as I'm thinking about this, but there is a hierarchy that has to happen in a family. Yes. The parents have to be above the children. Yes. Right? The, the congruency of the parents has to be priority to the congruency with the kids. Like yes. You and your spouse have to be priority to each other yeah. because all of it creates a system that the parent, that the child feels appropriated to. Yes. Like I should be here. I shouldn't be able to say something that makes you as mad as you are at me right, right now in our life. Yes. Now later that that's a different story when we're grown ups and right. you right. enter into of a course. friend relationship with your child. Yes. But, but it, it is something I remember thinking about this first time in my twenties, I was talking to a friend of mine who's a parent and they started walking me through this and I was like, that, what a fascinating, but I can't believe how true that is. Like mm-hmm. once I started to see the diagram mm-hmm. laid out, I was like, yeah, you, you, but, but there's a part of you culturally right now. It's like, right. no, our kids need to feel, they need to have power. And, and what they think is ultimate, yes. is, is penultimate because they, we need to affirm how they feel. Right. And, what and we didn't feel that from our parents. No. They were not right. listening. That's we were right. not passing That's feelings right. charts around That's the dinner right. table. And so now I think we've been over backwards where their emotions are the highest commodity, That's right. you know, and we are uh-huh. validating everything and we still want to validate right, for sure, but for sure. we don't want that to be the ruling factor in that's the household because right. then right. they feel stronger. And I think that's part of why kids feel more anxious today Yes, is there's just so much room and they have so much well, power. And there's there's yeah. power to be grabbed right. where it's like, I think as a parent, when you can go, no, 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 in a wonderful way, right. we have the power. We love you. You can and, yes. go to sleep and watch your shows and yes. play in the yard. Don't, yes. we'll, we'll, we're taking care we'll, of you. We're the power brokers. Mm-hmm. We've got it under control. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so something I was going to ask uh, that Annie and I also talked about, dealing a little bit with the middle school thing, but going a little backwards in age, is just the cattiness, like girls and cattiness. <sighs> like we have just started experiences with Xana and some of the girls that – you know, she's around is like, she'll come home and, and it's the first time we're having conversations. She's like, Oh yeah. You know, she's just, 
you know, whatever her version of that word is. But what what is that in a girl? Like, what what is that energy? Like, what's that spirit? What's that sort of like, you know, they start to, you know, you have little friend groups and they're mm-hmm. really purposefully mean to one mm-hmm. of the girls. And they're like, what is it? One, we were talking about, Annie was saying like, one, is that normal? You know, mm-hmm. so when you see your daughter doing it and you're yes. like, oh, yes. we are not raising a child like this. Right. You know, but two, <laughs> how do you sort of walk through that as a parent with your especially daughters, because, you know, mm-hmm. boys have their own version of that, but mm-hmm. it's not that, you mm-hmm. know, it, what is that? Well, I think it's just, I don't, I don't think it's as much power posturing for power as it is posturing to connect. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's some power, but sometimes it's, I'm going to do whatever I can. I heard it compared to a life raft that there's, you know, 12 girls in the class, but there's only room for eight. And so I'm going to do whatever I can to scramble to be in the center of the life raft. So I make sure I'm secure and have people around me and I'll shove off whoever's on the outside of the life raft. But I think they're trying on how do I have conflict? How do I feel like this person wants to be friends with me? I mean, they're just trying on a lot of different Mm -hmm. things. And I think we make it worse sometimes (laughs) because we either jump on board and are correcting them. Whereas I do think we want to help them with role playing. Yeah. You know, if you hear her say something hurtful to somebody else that you put a pin in it in the moment and don't embarrass her, but to revisit it later and say, okay, I'm going to be your friend and you be you. And let's go back through that. And how do you think that felt? Or I think if they're on the receiving end of some hurt, my favorite two words are teaching them strength and kindness at the same time. Mm. So what does it look like for you to be strong and kind in that moment? And I want to play with you, but not when you treat me that way. Mm. That it's still affirming the relationship, but I'm going to have a boundary because I think Mm -hmm. girls swing one way or the other. They're just putting this hard boundary and then they're isolating themselves from other kids or they're letting everybody run all over them. Mm, But yes, I think it's really normal. And I think we've got to be careful not to jump on board and call everything bullying. Yeah. Because some of it is they're just figuring it out. Yes, absolutely. That is fascinating. Okay, so so one of the big one one of the things that I really wanted to pick your brain about, and this was this was one of the biggies for me. Uh, it's kind of a twofold, so stay with me. Okay. When you think about daughters, especially, and then you think about sisters, right? Like something Annie and I always notice. It is it is one of the most fascinating things to me. Is it tends to be, and here's a huge generality. So be be patient and gracious. I say this, but we found that as adults, sisters tend to be really close. Like they have the most envious, I'll sit with, like one of my favorite things in the world is to sit with families where this, there's a bunch of sisters and they love each other. Mm-hmm. Like there's no spirit in the world like that because mm-hmm. it's so, it's different than brothers. Brothers is really fun, mm-hmm. but sisters, there's this weird sort of otherworldly like joy, mm-hmm. but funny, but also kind of like they kind of pick at each other, but it's. But it's just, it's really, it's so inviting and enveloping. Mm. Like you just feel all of this stuff. It's amazing. And so Annie and I have always talked about how it seems that as we've grown older, you kind of see that that's the spirit. Mm -hmm. They're either like joined at the hip. I got, you know, drop them off over here. I got, no, you wouldn't, then we'll bring them to tennis and then you'll get, and then we'll meet mom and dad. And it's just like, you're like, this is just like the most fun ever. Like Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, or it is just like, they don't get along. Yeah. In their adulthood. Yeah. And so I think something something that is fascinating to both Annie and I that, that we were talking about you being here. She's like, man, I just love to hear her speak on sort of that idea of like, one, 
what is that? Why is that dynamic so hard? Like, why is it? I mean, you know, we, we, Zana, we only have one of where John has the two girls, mm-hmm. but as a parent, why is that so hard to navigate when you have more than one girl? Like mm-hmm. just what that dynamic is. Mm-hmm. And then two, how do you sort of care for them in a way? And even as parents, like, or even as adults, sorry, forget parents, but as adults that are sisters you know, how, how do you, how do you parent at one? Like, how do we care for Zan in a way that with her girlfriends or, um, but then two, what does that look like to navigate just as a, as a human at, mm. that's a sister? Like, why, why is that like that? Does that resonate at all? Mm-hmm. Do you see that kind of pattern? Yes. I mean, I, I don't, yes. I feel like when I sit with parents in my office, they either say, well, my sister's my best friend or we mm-hmm. don't really have a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. With, Yes, I think that I definitely see that. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think some of that comes from that that girls compare themselves so much. Mm-hmm. And so I think girls are very tuned in to parents. And if it feels like you're slanting towards one and away from the other, mm-hmm. I think that can. Wow. And I think girls hold on to resentment. Women, we hold on to resentment longer sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so that can become a script that they hang on to for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, and I think one of the best things we can do with girls is help them really get in different spaces. Wow. Like develop different interests. And so that it's not they're both the artists in the family or they're both the gymnasts or they're both the soccer players, but that one of them finds something that they're passionate and feel some degree of confidence in and the other one does something entirely different. Which is so hard. It's hard. It's hard. Because you see somebody take to something or they have something that works. Or you're going to the soccer field. And so they're just kind of coming along for the ride. But I think being really intentional about that and – When I see, I mean, I see a lot of families with sisters and I feel like there is a lot of love hate for a long time. And so to know that's going to be normal and the time I see it shift the most is when the first one turns 16. So what do you mean by love hate? Like they adore each other, play together, have a blast or they're just at each other. And girls just can be mean, like. Nobody else. So yeah, the, and yeah. they're so intuitive, they figure out how to really push oh, each other. Oh, they can. Right, yes, right. yes. Um, but but there's such a shift when one of them turns 16. And I can't tell you how often, especially little sisters, I will hear them say, well, my sister's driving me to school now, and mm. we go by Starbucks on the way home, or we go run this errand. And I think the the predominant factor of that situation is that parents are out of the way. Jeez. And all of a sudden, they're doing something independent together that creates this team. Like if if, uh, the law was 17 to get your driver's license, it would be 17. I think it would probably shift more then. So I think even with girls to come up with things you can do, like send them on a trip to go visit an aunt and uncle that you're not going with them. Or have them go on a mission trip without you, with Mm. other family. Or, you know, different projects we can send them to do that we're not involved in, I think that shared purpose helps create more connection for them. Hello, Dave. Wow. Okay, yours was yours was better than mine. Johnny. Thanks. Are yep. you loving this warmer weather? Summer mm. is just around the corner. Dave, I am so glad that you brought that up because the weather has been so great. Mm. I'm playing tennis, yep. right? Mm-hmm. I'm sitting outside on the porch Gosh. in my tennis shoes. <laughs> 
going for walks yep. in my in different shoes. I don't yeah, I was I was walk say, in that's just shoes. too far. Yeah, I mean it's so nice and honestly I don't really want to be spending too much time in the kitchen making meals because there's so many other cool John, things John, to John, do John, outside. John, John, John. That's yeah. where Factor comes in. You can fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, so you can spend more time outside. Okay, it sounds good, but Dave, let me ask you a question. Okay. Can I meet my wellness goals in time for summer <laughs> with Factor? I hope you've got goals and then more goals, John, because we'd call you Cristiano Ronaldo. Soccer joke. Hey, yo. And guess what? And then some, John. It's going to be just fine. Factor has chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. Dave, that sounds so awesome. You've talked me into it. I'm ready. Wow, that was easy. I'm ready to kickstart my routine with 35 different Good meals. Gracious. And more than 60 add-ons to choose from, Goodness Dave. Did you know that? I'm educating you now. And these are restaurant-quality meals like filet mignon, Ooh. right? Mm-hmm. Shrimp. Mm-hmm. Blackened salmon. Enjoy you know? effortless support for your lifestyle. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well balanced. Head to factormeals.com slash dadville50 and use the code dadville50 to get 50% off. That's five zero. 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code DADVILLE50 at factormeals.com slash DADVILLE50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. John. Dave. I am stuck. Okay. Uh, I've hit a wall. Michael Jackson was off of that wall, but I have decided to smash into it. And I've told you I'm working on my new album. Yep. yep. And some of the most frustrating moments of working on new albums is when you get stuck on an idea and yep. it feels really frustrating because you can't finish the idea. And my friend, that is where I am right I now. I hear you, man. That happens to us songwriters all the time. It's tough when your mind, it's just, it's always in problem solving mode. And it's, you know, you know I can't, it's the loop. I can't get out of the loop. Yep. It's like, oh great, now I'm never going to write another song. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, I, my career's over. People are laughing when I go on runs. That may be actually for a different reason now that I'm <laughs> thinking about it. But I, I, I'm stuck in that loop. Hey, that I'm with loop. you. Yeah, I'm with you. And that's where BetterHelp can come in mm-hmm. and help. You know, to quote one of our guests here on Dadville, Miles Adcox, he said, everyone deserves therapy. Mm. And you know what? That sounds exactly like what I need. Something mm-hmm. to reduce stress, the anxiety I'm feeling. Plus, it's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. You know, and that's a big benefit since we have such busy lives as world-famous podcasters mm-hmm. and thought leaders yeah. as we are. A little pushback. There. Let's just keep going. When you want to become a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DadVille today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash DadVille. One of the things that 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 also um, that's a little bit of a dovetail joint into this idea that that Andy and I talked about too is how and this is true with boys too. I, I would imagine, and you can correct me here, that it may be a little uh, more intense with daughters, but like how hard it is too when, as a parent, that you're not overburdening the eldest of a gender. Yes, where you're kind of like, hey, you're our little, you're the leader. Yeah, you're the leader, and overindulging the youngest. There you go. Right. right. And so you you just said this so well, and it's so cool to hear you say. But to create because 
you know, and I'm sure there's a lot of families where they follow the leader. Like mm-hmm. we do soccer because older sister does soccer right. and we do it. But, but to really pay attention to, man, the youngest one is trending this way. We should lean into that so mm-hmm. that there's not, hey, older sister's the cheerleader, A-type doing her thing. And now you're the, but like, because, you know, you're, you're going to see a lot of sisters like, I want zero to do with that. Yes. And now I want to go this other way. Or I'm going to take that on because y'all are really encouraging. She's getting a lot of attention. Yes. Right. Rather than helping her realize she can get attention from doing something. Right. Yeah. So how do you do that as a parent? Like, how do you lean into, and I mean, I think about my boys, but again, with you being such a specialist in the girl space, how do you pay attention to that as a parent? Like when you have new, like with John, so you can look at John now, Uh, (laughs) but you know, when you have two daughters, how do you try to set them up as best you can to succeed, not just in their relationship to each other as sisters, mm-hmm. but, but as, you know, to champion whatever, like, how do you do that? How do you sort of set them up to do that well with the relationship, but also just become more who they are as individuated mm-hmm. women, mm-hmm. you know? Well, I mean, I really think as simple as it is, is that you, you watch them, you pay attention to what yeah. they love and how do you join them, them yeah. in what they love. And that's going to shift over time, but you're going to start to pick up on it. Yeah. How do you think you do that as a grown woman with sisters? Like how, what is the space that you would speak? Cause you're a woman, obviously mm-hmm. like how, have a sister. and you have a sister uh-huh. cause y'all look like 15, 16 years 16 younger. Years yeah. Mm-hmm. And y'all are really close. Mm-hmm. So, so speaking to women that are listening, um, how would you speak to those women who have a sister that maybe that's hard? Or you can look back and look at parents mm-hmm. who are women that are listening to this right now and going, oh, my gosh, my parents didn't do that well. Miss they didn't that. know how to do that. Well, they missed mm-hmm. that. Thank you. That's a beautiful way to put that. Mm-hmm. How, how would you talk to them? Like, what's the word there? <laughs> just to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, I think just, you know, I, I do feel like our world is so boundary driven and, mm-hmm. and I love it in some ways because we need boundaries and we need healthy boundaries to protect ourselves. But I think it sometimes comes at the cost of... Mm that we live in a fallen world. And I mean, I think even communicating that to girls, every friendship, every relationship is going to disappoint you at some point along uh-huh. the way. And obviously there are times when we have to have boundaries because something's abusive. Right. But if there's been some hurt feelings or you can trace it back and see that our parents were doing the best they could and they missed this. And this is part of why we had this falling out how can we come back together? How can we talk about it and at least start to build a bridge back? Mm. You know, I just mm, yeah. don't think it's ever too late. That is, that is something someone. else I'd love to hear you give a thought on. It's like, I, I have noticed being married to Annie, being a father to Zana, like relationships are mm. with women are, man, yeah. it is so, so, mul- it is one of the times that I am so thankful to be man, truthfully. Because mm. there is, to John's point, from you know a while ago like there is a gorilla part of my brain that's very just kind of like why doesn't that work (laughs) just tell her it hurt you know and I think you know it it is it has been really interesting watching that with Xana because she'll come home and say this girl and I'm like again I turn to Bob Vila I'm like well the hammer hits a nail and the nail goes in the wood honey right and and Annie has to really hey babe it's not or even with sitting with Annie, kind of going like, well, why don't you just call her? And yeah. she's like, no, this is not, oh, yeah. not really how it works with girls and women. Right. But how, how is a husband, so this is, watch me do this now. You talk to them. Let's talk to the men. Okay. Okay. Let's talk okay. to the men. But for those dads and husbands mm-hmm. who are going, man, I'm learning that communication with girls mm-hmm. and women is a little more nuanced. Mm-hmm. Like how, especially let's, let's stay with daughters. 
what are ways that where I'm going to probably come up short on knowing how to encourage a daughter in, mm-hmm. in and around communication, maybe even a wife in and around communication? Like, what is it we need to be mindful of and how women think and participate in relationships? Like, what is it that we can learn to be helpful with and encouraging toward in that space with our wives and daughters? Well, girls' number one complaint to me about their parents and often their dads is that they try to fix it. Yeah. And if we were going to go back to girls leading the statistics on anxiety, so much that is because they don't believe they're capable. And so when we Mm. give them an opportunity to figure it out on their own, we're not only giving them what they long for relationally, where we're listening with a lot of empathy, but we're re-emphasizing that idea of you're capable. Mm. You can do this. I believe in you. Because when we listen... And ask questions to help them connect the dots. That's what we're doing. And and I think girls and women long to be seen and heard mm. and our feelings validated. And so to sit with them and say, you know, I think especially some girls that are really big feelings feelers, I will make myself, this is terrible about myself in counseling, but I will literally look at a clock and think just for 20 minutes, don't do anything but validate. Wow. Even past the point that I feel uncomfortable, like internally I'm thinking, are you kidding me? We have belabored this so many times. But just to sit and say, oh, I can't imagine how hard that is. Wow, that sounds tough. That we, you know, it's marriage counseling 101. The first thing you do is learn to do reflective listening. Like I hear that that's hard for you and I hear that that's really tough. Tell me more about that. You know, it's so simple and it has so much power when Mm. someone does it for us. And I will say that 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 tends to, I feel like that thing right there, that practice mm-hmm. gets framed in a like, all right, hey, husbands, here's what your wives want. Mm-hmm. And, and it's true. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, and it's useful and it should be used. But we want it too. I mean, right. guys, Absolutely. guys too. Like yes. it's not a You're uh, right. gender we specific do, John. thing. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> yeah. No, it's right. It's a, it's a thousand percent right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. I mean, Annie and I were just talking about this weekend, this exact same thing about it is... I don't, oh my God, there are few things that are harder for me with our kids or with Annie and, and then, and when they are saying something and emoting mm-hmm. and you see a, well, that's, that feels problematic. Here's where you right. could Yeah. Right. To oh, just absolutely. like, I mean, to just. Let me tell you what to do. Mm, yeah. Like, uh-huh. I, and I can validate really well. It's going, I'm val. I'm validating. Oh God, we're mm-hmm. two minutes in. I'm still validating. Mm-hmm. And then the left turn will, and that's why, and I'm like, mm-hmm, uh-huh. right. There's the problem. I see the problem. Just uh-huh. to be, oh, that's still, but have you thought right. about it? Right. But, I, but that's when you come along with questions and what do you want to do about it? What do you feel like is the right thing? What's God telling you? You know, what does mm. your heart tell you in this moment? And you can still kind of help hopefully lead them there but I think when we step in and say, this is what you need to do, or this is what you need to think about here, we're basically saying to them, you can't. Like, your thoughts aren't as good as my thoughts. Right, right. So two days ago, Sissy, if you could have just come over to the house, this would have <laughs> Well, now I know where you live. Really? <laughs> no, that's such, what a, what a great, golly, I, uh, that is so <laughs> Okay, I know we're getting close to the end here. <laughs> okay. So I, I, there, I have like 11 more questions, but I'm going to take one. Okay. That I, the other day, uh, Amy and I, we were with a uh, couple other couples who have kids, and we were talking about um, boys and girls, but specifically girls, and uh, outfit, what's appropriate, bikinis, yes. clothing, all that kind of stuff. And this is, uh, this is a big topic. 
right? So I, I realize this is going to be tough for us to sort of tackle in, in the next uh, two and a half hours. But, <laughs> but what, okay, so right now our daughters are seven and nine. And they don't, in general, they don't have shame over their bodies. And I, and you know, mm. this is true on so many topics of just innocence. And you want, as a parent, you just want them to hang on to the innocence right. forever, yes. you know. And I don't want them to have shame over their bodies. And so when they want to wear that, whatever, that little bikini, like, and Amy said this this morning, we were talking about this interview. She was like, I want them to wear that thing. Like, mm -hmm. they don't, they love their little bodies. Yes, wear that, wear that bikini. Like, what, is there mm -hmm. a time when we should have them start to cover up a little bit more? And And I got to say, I'm, I feel so conflicted on this topic because when we were talking with our friends, we sort of were having people speaking on both sides. We had a friend of ours uh, who's a mom who was saying like, kind of taking the side of like, well, why should we, like when we do that, we're telling them, hey, cover up modest is hottest or whatever, but we're telling them in sort of a side way, your body's kind of shameful, you need to, or it's not appropriate or whatever. It's such a complicated topic, and I kind of I take both sides at different times. Because I mean? the other side is that's really interesting is being a man. There is no debating what happens in my brain when you see a certain a woman. Right. You know. Right. So you also have this other part of your brain where you're like, Ugh. yes, I have right. that side, and then I immediately jump to the other side, and and I'm like, that is not your problem. That's right. But right. but and again, like for people listening, I'm like. If you want to comment in to me right now, I'm like, look, whatever you're going to say, I've, I'm there too. Like, I'm yeah. pinging around. It's so complex. The goal is, again, I want my, my daughters are beautiful, perfect, the way they are, and however they are in the future. Like, right. And I want them to just embrace it. I guess as a parent, how do we sort of walk our daughters through these next like super trying years mm -hmm. when it comes to body image and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. I mean, that's such a hard one. And I think the self-consciousness will happen. I mean, yeah. sadly, it's just going to creep in. Mm -hmm. and, and I think I can probably come at it more from what I see, where I see parents miss it, which mm -hmm. is things like, um, and I think with the best of intentions, parents start talking about, um, looks and food and um, yeah. being aware that maybe their daughter has gained more weight and so wanting to help her thinking she's going to struggle in a certain way because of that and so then they start to shift and control the food intake and mm -hmm. you know I just in all these years of working with girls I don't think there's anything harder to recover from than an eating disorder and so mm -hmm. I think everything we can do to set girls up for a really healthy perspective with that and honestly, I think it's probably as little emphasis on it as possible mm -hmm. is the best wow. thing that we can mm -hmm. do. And I think to tell them they're beautiful because they're strong and that they're, I mean, I love that you tell them that regularly, your girls. And I think that we're emphasizing different things about how, like, I love that little book, Strong is the New Pretty. Have you mm -hmm. seen that little book? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think anything that we can talk about that are strengths of theirs that are beautiful, that it's 
how they look, but it's also who they are, I think is really important. It just feels like such a slippery slope that we get into with girls so quickly. And I'm with you. I see both sides of that argument. Um, And I think often it takes care of itself because they hit this point where they feel really self-conscious mm. and then we're trying to kind of yeah. backpedal with and them. And you double down on it and realize, oh shoot, right. they got there anyway. Right. right. And and I think we want to understand if they're not there, you know, if a girl doesn't hit the point that she's self-conscious, in some ways I'm concerned about her hmm. in a different aspect because something's off. Wow. If yeah. she hasn't gotten there because... All girls do. Hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, wow. I think if you start to hear, I mean, I'm surprised. I'm thrilled that your girls are the ages they are and that you haven't heard any of that. I think that's not the norm. Well, and to be fair, like if Amy were here, it's not that we don't have any of that. We, Our oldest has done some things where she, just the other day, she had an incident where she she got all wet and she was like, her her shirt was soaked and she wanted to like, she kind of was covering right. up and wanted to go change. But we're like, that's interesting. That's mm-hmm. not, mm-hmm. she's not getting that from us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I think, you know, being aware that y'all are friends with people, I mean, for boys too, but of all sizes. Uh-huh. And I think one of the biggest things we can do is be aware of how we're talking about it. I remember, I'll yeah. never forget this precious girl I saw who's beautiful. And her saying to me, my mom talks about her weight all the time. Yeah. yeah and yeah. she weighs less than I do. And if she thinks yeah. that about her body, I can't imagine what she thinks when she looks at me. Yeah. And so if we're preoccupied with it, we're right. talking about what we're eating, we're talking about exercising, we're obsessively doing any of those things, it's going to creep over to yeah. them. It, it just can't help itself. It, isn't it? Isn't it? I mean, this is, if there's anything I feel like we've talked about on this podcast over the last 90 whatever episodes, it is, and I think about this so much. Yeah. I know where you're going. All of it starts... With, yeah. with me and with Annie. Yeah. And like, if we're not doing our work, if mm-hmm. we're not making sure we're okay, mm-hmm. we're putting in the time to make sure I'm not living my story through my kids. I'm not mm-hmm. shaming them. I'm mm-hmm. not seeing a trend happening with them that eventually harmed me. And I'm trying to squash it right. in unhealthy ways because there's healthy ways too. But sure. it is just, I mean, if, if anything, this podcast has taught me a hundred times over it yeah. is that mm-hmm. yeah. like exactly what you just said so well. Which is like, this is Even so just much. realizing that that is happening. Yeah. Just to know. Yeah. I mean, yes. Like, oh, God. You see these, you see your kids doing it. I mean, you just said it so well, John, with your middle school experience. It's like, you can't help but go, my kids will not, my girls right. will not do this. And some of that's right. really wonderful, right? Well, and really, if I'm, if I'm really honest, I'm guessing if I go a layer deeper, what I'm really saying is... How am I going to get myself mm. through that experience mm. with the least amount of pain yeah. for me? For me. Yeah. yeah. It, that it doesn't trigger all the stuff that it's happening. In right. Me. It's, <laughs> it's mm. like, it's not even about your kid anymore. You're just exactly. like, how am yes. I self-soothing? It's the, I don't yes. want to feel pain. Yes. yes. Yeah. Gosh, I yeah. don't struggle with it, but I hear when you say, <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it is paramount. Thank y'all for saying that. I mean, that's so huge. Well, that's, I mean, that's what I, I mean, it's one of the things that we talk about with this podcast. I'm like, man, if, if people don't learn anything like we have learned, 
one of the things I'm just like, man, that we would all be aware that our kids are these little vehicles where we're trying to self-correct our own lives. Yeah. Um, and some of that's wonderful because you, you do have wisdom. You have lived a life and you're like, let right. me tell you what didn't work for me. And I know right. it's yeah. not going to work if you can do that in a healthy way. If you can do that in a healthy way. Yeah. But then there's these other things where it is like, you just hear kid and it's like, you know, you just start, your body starts, you're like, oh, and just going, no, like let them yeah. be them little selves, yes. be their little, and live their own lives yes. and you're not just chucking your you know stuff I, I will say though <laughs> and i know we're running out of time but the, the thing that freaks me out it's on that that top five list of things that freaks me out probably because it's not what it wasn't around when we were growing up is technology and screens yeah. and tablets yeah. and all that kind of stuff and it, it, I, I mean in our last few moments like is there is there any sort of like universal i know every kid's different every situation is different is any kind of universal sort of practices or things to keep an eye on that that we can hear from you as parents in this technology age the question i get more than anything else is when like what's the magic yeah. age to let them whatever it is get a phone because you're either going to live media. on an island or you got to figure out how to integrate <laughs> right. it into your life yes and we want them to learn to be responsible technology yeah. users when they live with us rather than when mm, they're gone wow. like all the things you want you want to be there when they mess up and they're going to mess up in this area and yeah. I mean I had a dad one time at a parenting event start screaming I mean literally y'all he was screaming about how technology wasn't a child's God-given right and he didn't let his son get on the internet on his phone or send a photo from his phone until they were driving to his son's high school graduation and I just thought that kid had no freedom at all in May of his senior year to August sitting in his dorm room and he could do Yoosh. whatever he can you imagine what he got into? Yeah. Whereas if he had had a little freedom at 14 or 17 and right. gotten into something, the parents could talk it through with them and help him understand. Yeah. So my rule of thumb with technology is, I mean, you want to get things in place certainly to watch and filter what's happening. I love Bark is a great okay. program. Oh, yeah, Teen yeah. Safe. Those are two of my favorites. But that you don't want your child to be the first to have all the technology things because then they're going to be cutting edge and you do not want that to be the reputation your child has. But you also don't want them to be the last uh -huh. because they're going to be the kid Just that sneaks it. That's exactly what I say, Dave. Yes, the next to last. Totally. Yeah. And that you have a, a set of parents that you decide together, okay, we're going to let them get oh, their first that. little email address. We're going to let them get their first phone because yeah. they're going to say, I'm the only child. And you keep a pulse on that. And when they're almost the only child is yeah. when you jump yeah. on board. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah. So. Okay. I mean, folks, sissy, bring Guys, in the heat. We could have so we could have you here for hours. Oh, yeah. Well. yeah, thank you a million times again. I know that these are the podcasts, and this is kind of what I was inferring earlier, that when, when we think about Dadville, these are the ones that we're like, when people ask, they're like, what yeah. y'all listen to? I'm always like, Good, yes, David, exactly. now, you, I mean, it's thank just you. like, this is the hope we have is that people can learn from wise people like you. So well, I know I haven't been on enough to be the, I don't know what the... May Other, May yeah, but I'm I'm curious what my title's well, going to be. I'm very excited, and I'm scared about, about, about what the picture is going to be. We, <laughs> we also take money bribes. Just oh, good. Okay, okay. okay.